Hello everybody, my name is Mason Rayburn and this is the Rayburn Report. Busy week. God, a lot of things in the news this week. So we'll try to we'll try to just brush over them very, very briefly. Um, first thing, January 2nd, one day before the 115th United States Congress was scheduled to convene on its first session, the House Republican majority voted 119 to 74 to place the Office of Congressional Ethics under direct control of the House Ethics Committee. Now, a lot of people, you might be wondering why this is a big deal, or why am I using the term House Republicans, because I generally try to single people out when they do things like this, but they voted behind closed doors. Uh, there's different accounts that people say it was actually just a voice vote, no record or was taken, so we have no idea who voted for this or against this. So why is this a big deal? Uh, the new rules would have prevented the OCE from independently releasing public statements on pending or completed investigations. The House Ethics Committee would also have the power to stop an investigation at any point and bars the Ethics Office from making any public statements about any matter or hiring any communication staff. The Ethics Office would no longer be able to accept or investigate any anonymous reports of alleged wrongdoing of members of Congress. So, um, a pretty blatant move, really. The Because the House Committee is controlled by the Republicans, they would effectively now control the Ethics Office, too. And the, I'm thankfully for President-elect Donald Trump kind of calling them out a little bit. They reversed the plan, and now they're actually going to try to do it maybe legislatively in the upcoming uh, term. But other than that, uh, this was, if there's a good way of seeing this, I'm not seeing it. This looked to be a, a, just a power grab. Um, I will I will give it over to the person who allegedly called the vote, Republican from Virginia, Va, Bob Goodlot, Goodlatte, Goodlat. I don't know, I only read his name, so it's kind of a, a burden. We don't know how to pronounce these people's names. He defended the action on the Rules Amendment, saying it, quote, builds upon and strengthens the existing Office of Congressional Ethics by maintaining its primary area of focus of accepting and reviewing complaints from the public and referring them, if appropriate, to the Committee on Ethics, end quote. Um, he's full of it, folks. Absolutely full of it. Um, no two ways about it. Doesn't need to be in office if he's going to be trying to do things like this. Uh, also, what else happened? I'm pretty sure you heard about a vote, probably, that the Senate Republicans voted 51 to 48 to begin repealing the Affordable Care Act. Um, not entirely true. Introduced by Senator Michael Enzi, Republican from Wyoming, on January 3rd, the Senate Consideration Resolution 3, a concurrent resolution setting forth the congressional budget for the United States government for fiscal year 2017 and setting forth the appropriate budgetary levels for fiscal years 2018 through 2026, end quote. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? The 51 to 48 vote actually just introduces it to the Senate. It still has to pass the Senate and the House, so... If it does pass, what we're looking is that it establishes a deficit-neutral reserve fund for the health care legislation and a reserve fund for health care legislation. Uh, the reserve fund is provide the chairman of the Congressional Budget Committee with flexibility in applying budget enforcement rules to health care legislation that meets specified criteria. So uh, it's a very convoluted way of saying things. Uh, but there are two misleading things about this. Not all Republicans voted for this. And if your math skills are up to par, 51 to 48 does not add up to be 100 senators. 
Uh, first, the lone dissenter was Republican Rand Paul of Kentucky, saying, quote, everybody's hot and heavy to vote on the budget because they want to repeal Obamacare, but the budget Republicans are going to introduce will add $8.8 trillion to the debt over the next 10 years. And so I tell them, look, I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to be for a budget that never balances and adds $8.8 trillion. End quote. And then he also went on to say, quote, what I've told them is, look, I'm opposed to Obamacare, and I understand the need and desire, and I'm for repealing it, but I won't vote for a terrible budget just to repeal Obamacare. End quote. So apparently, if you were taking Rand Paul at his word, deficits seem to only matter to the Republicans when there's a Democratic president in office. But, focusing on the other thing, the one senator, Democratic Senator Feinstein from California, didn't vote or didn't show up. And it's unfortunate that she did because that's the kind of behavior that causes me to take a tangent, microscopic look at her. At age 83, Feinstein is the oldest current living United States senator, currently serving, I'm sorry. In 2011, she co-sponsored the Preventing Real Online Threats to Economic Creativity and Theft of Intellectual Property Act or PIPA, I don't know if you remember, but that was the bill they charged, like Wikipedia and several other foundations went on a blackout to protest. Uh, in November 2013, she promoted a FISA uh, Improvement Act bill, which would include a backdoor search provision that allows intelligence agencies to continue certain warrantless searching as long as they are logged and available for review. Uh, so she's pro-internet spying. Feinstein was also the one to introduce the Federal Assault Weapons Ban, which became law in 1994 and expired in 2004. In the Senate Appropriations Committee, Feinstein voted no, the only Democrat to do so, on legislation that prevented federal interference with medical marijuana laws in states such as California. So, she's anti-gun, anti-medicinal marijuana, and pro-internet spying. I want to give a big shout out to the state of California. She will be available for up for re-election in 2018, just in case you live in California. Um, kind of a short show, really. Just I wanted to try to get kind of a current events type thing out. So in closing, I do want to give a shout out to North Dakota Republican Representative Kevin Kramer. He introduced House Resolution 10. Quote, recognizing linemen, the profession of linemen, the contributions of these brave men and women who protect public safety, and expressing support for the designation of April 18, 2017 as National Lineman Appreciation Day. Um, I am involved with electrical work, especially with the disaster that hit my hometown of Sylvester and the adjacent city of Albany, Georgia. There were people out there who were working around the clock to try to get power back to these back to everybody cleaning up trees that had fallen houses opening their homes and it, i don't know it was kind of a nice gesture to see um, north dakota's kevin kramer recognizing linemen just uh, wanted to give him a little shout out that's all for this week i will see you next week bye